to the new John Simmons Show. After years of battling a gambling addiction, John found a hope and a future for his life through Christ. He has spent the last several years encouraging others to find joy, peace, and hope in their lives by walking out God's plan for their lives. Now, John wants to help you find the passion, vision, and faith you need to start writing out God's sentence for your life and help you add to it every day. Phone lines are now open. Call or text 314-880-0808. Now, here is your host, the new John Simmons. Welcome! It's the new John Simmons Show, where you can find God's sentence for your life and become the new you, where we talk about finding passion, vision, and faith in your walk with Christ so that your life can overflow with joy, peace, and hope today. Welcome to the program, everybody. Very excited you have the opportunity to join us. It's an early week show. We have a chock-full lineup of guests all week. Tomorrow, we're going to have... Jeremy Sparks, who wrote a book about uh, being a professional bull rider, I think is what he does, and how he found Christ, and he's like a champion bull rider. So hopefully he'll be joining us tomorrow. And then on Friday, we have Ryan Hart going to be joining us along with Kevin Eskew. Ryan Hart is the pastor of Kingdom City Church STL. They are going to be hosting the upcoming Iris Global Summer Tour right here in St. Louis. We're going to talk to him about how he got involved in that process. Maybe discuss a little bit how he was going to Reinhardt Bonke School. we got a lot of things we can discuss with Ryan as well as Jeremy. Tonight's guest is supposed to be Eric Stogner, who wrote a book called Into God's Country, but he's a no-show. So we're going to have to press on without him. Eric, if you're out there, give us a call, 314-880-0808. In the meantime, we're sort of going to, just going to pivot tonight, and uh, we're going to move our conversation to one of my favorite topics, I think you all have heard it before, God has a sentence for your life. I'm also going to open up the live stream feed for you guys. So if you go to New John Simmons Show, find this video at the source. There's going to be a link in the comment section where you can hop on via your phone or via your computer with Google Chrome, and you can hop on to the show tonight, and we can discuss whatever you want uh, in regards to maybe share your testimony or Maybe you want to ask questions about God having a sentence for your life. These are going to be the discussion points tonight. And if Eric shows up, we'll talk to him about his book. If not, we'll just keep this ball rolling. For all of you listening live on your radio, thank you so much. I want to also thank all of you who have joined us live on Facebook, the live stream available ever since January. Man, I can't believe it's been almost four or five months, six months almost since we've been doing this. Very excited we've broken ground in this area. And upcoming in the next week or so, Maybe even as soon as Monday, we're going to be moving the show to the studio. We've been building a brand new studio behind the scenes where we can do our show and sort of build it out, make it look nice, have a nice set for you to enjoy as you watch, and also be able to just do some things behind the scenes that we're not able to do here physically at the station. So a lot of new things on the way. So if you see a sort of different background, know that uh, we're being very intentional to guide our vision to share this message of God having a sentence with for your life with others for years to come. And so we're just walking out the steps of how do we do that more professionally? How do we do that in a way that would engage and entertain more and more folks and bring our audience to new places? So looking forward to that, the message. What is the message, John? Well, the message is where do you find God's plan for your life? Why is this a message that we share? Well, it started with my own life. So you know you've heard my testimony. I was a problem gambler. started when I was 18. I was over at the casino online. That's where I started, the online casino. They have this website called Party Poker. You heard of this website? It's not around, or maybe it's around anymore. I think it was only in Europe for a while, but there was this website called PartyPoker.com, and I think PokerRoom.com was also the name of a site that I used a lot. Uh, 17 or 18 years old, I sign up for this poker website where you're able to, you know, put five or ten bucks down on a game and you you get chips just like everybody has today. The tournaments today, you know, 20 years later, 15 years later than when I started playing are everywhere. You see it on TV, you see the World Poker Tour, the World Series of Poker, 
The Heartland Poker Tour is now a thing. And so there's all sorts of video coverage. Many people have heard of Texas Hold'em at this point. But back when I started, it was a brand new thing. They just started airing it every year on ESPN. And I was drawn to the story of Chris Moneymaker, who turned $40 on PartyPoker.com, this website where you just play poker. You know, you put your money online via your bank account, and then you play poker with that money. You can join a tournament. You can play with others. And Chris Moneymaker played in a $40 tournament, so he spent $40 online to play in this tournament, and he won. And he won this poker tournament, and the winner of this tournament got the opportunity to play at the World Series of Poker, which was a $10,000 buy-in for the championship tournament back in whatever this was, 2001, 2002, and he won the whole thing. (laughs) And his name, Moneymaker, is not a made-up name. That was his actual last name. It was almost Divine Providence. However, I know now that uh, like his story encouraged me so much at 18, but now knowing where I've been and what I've come through, I wish I would have ignored that Moneymaker. I got to deal to him a couple times. Years later when I became a professional poker dealer, that was my claim to fame as my professional career before God got a hold of my life. I was a professional poker dealer, and I got to deal to Chris Moneymaker a few times late in life. And I can tell you that the aroma of what he accomplished in 2001, 2002 when he was on all of the magazines and when he had just won $2 million or whatever it was when he won the World Series of Poker that year, the allure of his life had worn off by the time I got to deal to him and many like him. Greg Raymer, who was a St. Louis and got to the final table in 2004, a couple years later, dealt to him a bunch of times. All the professionals, Phil Helmuth, I've dealt to these guys. And I tell you, as a poker player, you're like, oh, I want to strive to be these guys, these guys who are on the poker at night show and the guys who are flaunting all of their cash and they have all these winnings. And that's what I aspired to be. And I look back now at the reputation that they had. Many of them, you know, lost their wives or had rough lives, were notorious for other things that they shouldn't have been getting into. A lot of people went bankrupt. It was an entire lifestyle that many of us would look at and go, "Eh, I don't really want that. Staying up till 4 or 5 in the morning every single night to keep the poker game going. I don't know. But... Nonetheless, at 18 years old, I thought this was the greatest thing that I'd ever seen. This guy turned 40 bucks into $2 million. I thought, oh, well, I've got $40. I have $40. What can I do with my $40? I can get in on these poker tournaments. That's right. So I started playing party poker with my 40 bucks, and I didn't turn it into a win in a tournament. But what I did turn it into was a desire to continue to do this every day. And for those who know my story, I got a worker's permit to work at Chick-fil-A. Even before I found Christ, I was near Christ, apparently, at Chick-fil-A with their holy chicken sandwiches. <laughs> no, that I'm kidding. And I had this job, and then I got a job at 17, full-time job at Dairy Queen. I was working at Denny's at the time. Also, I had all these jobs. I was stockpiling all these cash because I wasn't paying rent or you know, this was before the days where we had to pay for Internet and our phone bill wasn't $200. We didn't even really have phones then. I was back in the pager days. Remember the pagers? 911. Oh, the good old days. When you actually had to get on a phone to call somebody. And nowadays, everybody loves these text messages. No one wants to get on the phone anymore and talk to each other. It speaks to our relationship with God, too, by the way. If we are willing to text our closest friends and neighbors and coworkers and not really want to talk to them on the phone... How likely are we to go to Christ in prayer? If it's too much of a hassle for us to talk to our own spouse, my wife has texted me from the other room before, imagine what the devil's going to try to do to make us feel like talking to God's a waste of time. I know many people are like, why can't I just get this text message to God? <laughs> Where's the, t- the God text line? Party Poker gave me this desire to turn my winnings and the money that I had acquired from working into one of these huge success stories of someone who won a tournament online, this no one who became someone like Chris Moneymaker. I was totally drawn into this story. I wanted to write this story in my own life. What I found was is that 
I wasn't winning these big tournaments. But it didn't erase my desire to keep playing and keep trying. You know, you hear the stories, the underdog stories. You watch the movies of the person, you know, who just didn't give up and didn't give up. Well, that was me. And eventually they got there and they made their way to the major leagues or they made their way to the head of the company, right? This was me. I was going to attempt to do this with my own life. And so after a few years of playing poker online, you turn 21 because it used to be legal to gamble at 18 online. There was a lot less restrictions on the internet, sports gambling, poker gambling than there are now. A lot of laws have come in, in the meantime. But in tw- when I was turned 21, my family took me on a vacation <laughs> to Las Vegas for my 21st birthday. And there inside the smoky, dingy, circus, circus poker room, I fell in love with poker in real life. I was no longer just watching the guys on TV do it. I was doing it myself. Very excited. This moment in my life, I can pinpoint that, you know, my heart fluttered. And when you find your plans in life, they really, it really sinks into your heart and you can't think about anything else. And so at this point in my life, prior to Christ showing up, prior to an understanding that God had a specific plan for my life that would use my gifts and talents, I was simply like many of us, many of other people who don't know Christ and maybe know Christ but don't understand his unique purpose. I was trying to find my own. And what do we do when we find our own? We just keep looking until we find it. And so for me, I found it on the poker table. And when I got back to St. Louis from Las Vegas, I was telling all my friends about this great time that I had in Las Vegas and how I just couldn't wait to go back and play poker again in a live casino. And that's when I heard the words that changed my life forever. John, my friend tells me, you know, they have casinos in St. Louis. I said, they do because growing up here in the city of St. Louis, we had driven by the river boats growing up and they used to be river boats when I was little and they've turned into these massive casinos now years later. But my family didn't go to the riverboats. My family didn't gamble. My friend's family didn't gamble, so it was never a topic of discussion. It was never something that I learned about. It was never something that I realized what was going on behind the closed doors. I didn't realize there were poker tables and slot machines. Maybe over time I'd sort of heard about them, but it wasn't registering as something that I might want to do in the future, so I just sort of disregard it. In the same way that you might disregard all sorts of restaurants you drive by or stores you don't want to go in. It's there, but I don't notice it. Well, when my friend told me that they have poker rooms and casinos, I couldn't get there fast enough. My my car couldn't drive to the casino fast enough. And I remember walking into the casino in St. Charles and finding where the poker room was and walking into it. Now I'm a, I'm an old pro, by the way, because I'd been to Circus Circus like 10 times. I knew all about the rake and I knew all about where to sit and I knew all the the details about tipping. I knew some things. So I felt like I was a I had the inside track here. Felt like I was a seasoned veteran. I would become a seasoned veteran. That day I was not, but I took my $100 bill, bought into a game, lost it all, but it took several hours. But I just remember thinking, "Oh man, this was so much fun. I had so much fun playing with these other people and a lot of older men going out and smoking my cigarettes when I was a big heavy smoker back in the day, just loving this moment in my life, this season, having no idea what it would lead to, having no thoughts of, man, this is really going to destroy <laughs> a lot of years of my life. It's going to take a lot of money and friendship and relationships. It's going to take a lot of my effort and energy, and I'm going to have a lot of sleepless nights. I'm going to have a lot of struggles all stem from this feeling that I had where I wanted to chase this story of turning $40 into millions, just like I'd seen this guy, Chris Moneymaker, do on TV. And for all of us, I mean, we all have our heroes. (laughs) Maybe your hero isn't a poker player. Maybe it's a sports star or a celebrity, an actor, an actress. Maybe it's someone at your church. Maybe whoever it is for you, a family member, a father, a grandfather, a mother. We have those we're striving to be like maybe it's a teacher 
We all have people in our lives, whether you're a little kid or you're growing up or you're an adult, people you would go, man, you know, they're really doing something I'd want to do. And for me, I wanted to be that poker player. I wanted to have that story of wealth that was attained without much work. Isn't that the American dream? I want money, but I don't want to have to work for it. And poker to me was not working for it. I had worked. I mean, I started working at 14. I knew what it was like to work. I knew what it was like to clean dishes, flip burgers, fry your chicken sandwiches. At one point, I got a job as a hotel housekeeper. Yeah, that's right. Housekeeping, Johnny here. And so I was learning to do the tight corners on the bed sheets and finding all sorts of disgustingness <laughs> under the sheets and the worst rooms, the worst rooms to clean were the ones where people had a party in it and there were just cigarettes, you know, in the carpet and it just reeked of alcohol. It was so disgusting and they would just party and, and no regard for the person who had to come in there afterwards and clean up their hot mess. You ever been to a party, <laughs> a good one, a rager, man. Oh, that's what it was like, you know, stains and the bathroom's disgusting. Maybe somebody threw up. Yeah. So I knew what it was like to work and I didn't really want to do that. <laughs> you know, if I could live my life sitting in a comfy chair, folding and raising it will to try and gain money from others to win millions of dollars in a poker tournament, which just took a couple days and be able to coast the rest of my life and just enjoy the surroundings and enjoy going to wonderful places like Las Vegas. And they started airing the tournaments for the world poker tour in like Aruba in Cancun. And they had all of these wonderful destinations. I was like, this is a life I can get into going to exotic locales to play poker and poker. It stems or I sh another way to say it, it, it appeases this personality in me. And I think most men, we have this desire to, you know, shake our pride in front of others. We're really good at something. I, 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 I won this thing. I did this, you know, it's most of the people who played poker were men. They outnumbered the women, probably nine to one, 10 to one. And it was a, a very prideful sport. I want to be the best at this. I'm, I'm smarter than you. I can bluff better than you. I can read you better than, you know, you think you can bluff me. I've got more money than you. I've got a bigger bet than you. I mean, that's what it is. It's, it's a game where I win. You lose, sucker. This is the wild, wild west, except we didn't have our guns anymore. But it was still, I want to show you mine. You show me yours. Whoever wins gets all the money, gets the girl, gets whatever it is. I wanted this lifestyle real bad. I had no idea that it was not God's plan for my life. In fact, I had no idea that God had a plan for my life. And so after 10 years of chasing my addiction and losing half a million dollars, that's right, this desire to gamble night after night after night actually caught up with me. From credit cards to payday loans to borrowing money from friends and family and coworkers to eventually getting into sports betting and running up lines of credit with bookies across the state. Uh, John had run himself into some trouble, lost a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Money I didn't have. Filed bankruptcy at 22 years old. Went to Las Vegas at 21. I lost so much money by the time I was 22 and acquired so much debt, I had to file bankruptcy to get some relief. That didn't stop me, though. And <laughs> the next eight years, I continued to pile on to it. I probably could have filed bankruptcy again, but I didn't. Instead, I did just continued down this path of destruction, not understanding what the problem was. I was doing what everybody says to do, make yourself happy. But it's not about making yourself happy. It's about finding who God has made you to be. Because when you find Christ, when you put your hope in him, Romans fifteen thirteen says that your life can overflow with joy, peace, and hope. Those are things that I was lacking when I was 29 years old and I was suicidal and depressed and frustrated with the life that I had been leading. And I was desperate to find a new life away from the poker world, away from these things that I thought for so long were the answer to my life's questions. Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? Instead, I found that I was 
not living the life that I had intended to live for all of those years. So what was I going to do next? Let's talk about it when we come back. So when we come back, I'll continue to share my story of what God did in my life to transform me from a broke professional poker player into a guy who's talking to you on the radio on the Facebook live stream about Jesus today. Quite a journey. Don't go away. I'll continue my story here on the new John Simmons show, part of the test network. Testimony House Ministries is the proud sponsor of the new John Simmons Show. We are so thankful for all of you who tune into the show, watch us live on Facebook or on our YouTube channel. Without all of you, the new John Simmons Show and all the other Testimony House Network shows would not be possible. Please visit newjohnsimmons.com today and click the Partner With Us tab to help us continue sharing our message of future and a hope through Christ with others. God bless. Hey everybody, New John Simmons here with you. Back in 2012, I found myself at the end of my rope for what seemed like the hundredth time. I cried out to God and said, God, if you're real, I need you to show me a future and a hope for my life. What happened next changed my life forever. Took me out of my life where I was a gambling addict who had lost over $500,000, allowed me to begin a new life in Christ where I found more joy, peace, and hope than I ever knew existed. I share the stories, including where I blame God for my father's death and the call into ministry that I found in my first book called Finding Faith. I also share with you the answers to the questions that I was asking God about what is faith and how can I move mountains with it. Finding Faith has those stories and so much more. I absolutely believe it can encourage you to find faith in your life today. Finding Faith by me, the new John Simmons, is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble website, Walmart. You can also pick up a copy signed by me over at newjohnsimmons.com. The new John Simmons Show is part of the Testimony House Network. To learn more about the network or to watch other network programs, please visit TestimonyHouse.org. Now, here's the new John Simmons. Welcome back to the show. It's the new John Simmons show, part of the Testimony House Network. Very thankful you've joined us tonight. We're also available on the Facebook live stream. You can catch the show weeknights at 9 p.m., but also catch past episodes on your iTunes or Google Play store to search for the new John Simmons show. Yeah, you can also ask Siri or your Apple Pod or your whatever, whatever you have plugged in at the house, whether it's Alexa or Google Home or Something from Apple, you can ask them to play the new John Simmons show as well. So lots of places where you can get connected with the program. Share with a friend who needs some encouragement. Maybe you can continue to go back to past episodes. We talk about motivational gifts. We have a lot of great guests we've had on the show. So a lot of new ways uh, moving forward that we're going to continue to encourage you. But we've done a lot of shows already, and so we want to encourage you to go find those for yourself or share them with others in case this is your first time tuning in tonight. If it's not, you're a big fan of the show Join and tell me all about it. In the comments section below, if you're over on Facebook, you can click the link that uh, allows you to jump on the program. I know a lot of people don't always do that. They're sort of embarrassed or maybe they're uh, worried about what they're going to look like or what they're going to say. This is part of the reason that we've implemented this Be Live live streaming platform is to be able to allow you, the listeners, as we move forward, we want to make guest interaction and our viewer interaction increase because on the radio, a lot of people don't want to call anymore. This is the days of calling into radio shows are seem to be behind us. A lot of people like to text in nowadays, but we want to continue to move ahead into the next phase of Christian programming. And for me, if I was a kid or even now, if my favorite Bible teachers opened up a live stream or if my favorite Bible speakers or just someone from the church who had a great testimony was opening up a live stream. I would love to jump on it. However, a lot of people aren't doing that. So we're trying to sort of break through this new journey of Christian programming. We're inviting you to be part of our radio show. We're inviting you not just to call in, but come in on the live stream. Show your face. Tell people what you're doing. Share your stories. Tell us how you're finding God's sentence for your life. Whatever it looks like, you have that opportunity. It's in the comments section. We'll continue to post those in the comment section as we move the show forward. So just know that that's there, whether it's tonight or if it's in the future. We invite you to come on and share your testimony, share your story of how God has moved in your life. Tonight, 
if you're looking at the screen, it should say Eric Stogner is with us. He is a uh, something must have happened because he has not been here on the show tonight. So we've sort of zigged and zagged here tonight because we're looking forward to sharing the story of finding God's sentence in your life with you. And what does that look like? And where did it stem from? And why do we teach this? It's Ephesians 2.10. It says God created you. You are his masterpiece. You are his design, depending on which translation you look at of the Bible. You are created by God to do good works through Christ Jesus. You were created, meaning, or you were designed. So he's built you in a specific function. Just like we create cars to drive and we create tools to screw and we keep, we create uh, you know flooring and tile to be the foundation of our buildings. We create computers to type and we create phones to not talk on. <laughs> They're designed with the function. And so when you were made by God, you were also designed with a function. Not all of us understand what our function is. Some people just use a book to prop up a leg on the table instead of opening up and reading what's inside. So we don't always fulfill our function, but we all have a function from Christ. And our ministry goal here, Testimony House, is to help you find God's plan for your life. First, you have to find Christ. That's what Ephesians 2.10 says. You are designed by God to do good things through Christ Jesus. So some people are designed to do good things and they do them without Christ Jesus involved. This is not God's plan for your life. Just because you're successful, just because you have money, just because you feel happy sometimes, if Christ is not in your life, if he's not helping you love others and love God, if you're not using your faith to achieve the plans of your future, if you're just trying to find it on your own and you have found success and maybe you have used your gifts in a, in a good way that's brought you success. But without Christ, you're not doing what you were created to do. You might be doing good things. You might be happy. You might, uh, by all looks from everybody else, be living a perfect life. But in the eyes of God, the punishment for sin is death and it is the path to salvation and the path to breaking free from that sin is to put Christ in your life as your Lord and Savior. I had no idea about this, by the way. And that's why I teach it here on the radio today and share this message of hope and a future with Christ because I was a problem gambler, buddy. I lost $500,000 over the course of about a decade. Got involved with online poker, then real-life poker, then sports betting, then betting everything you could think about. I had to sign myself off the casinos here in the States because I had such an issue. I started driving the States further away, drive up to four states away to go gamble on my weekends off from work, filed bankruptcy at 22, completely depressed. I mean, the kind of depression that would just, it, you lay in bed for a week. You know, like, have you seen the movies where someone breaks up with the girl or the guy and they showed like a montage of them, like with just pizza boxes piled up and, you know, it's just dirty around the kitchen, the coffee table, it's just full of soda and beer and they, they're sort of wrapped in a blanket and they've got food on their face and they, it looks like they haven't showered for a week, and they're staring at the TV, and their friends are knocking on the door, and they don't want to answer it, right? You've seen movies and shows like this. That was the real type of depression that I was dealing with. Not leave my house except to work depression. Not call anyone on the phone depression. Not want to wake up depression. There were so many nights in my life that I would, you know, because of whether it was the amount of money that I owed to the, maybe I didn't have my rent money. Or maybe I had seven payday loans out at once and they were all due tomorrow. True story. These things happened to me. Maybe it was my bookie was looking for me and I owed him two grand and I didn't have it. And I would I would just avoid him at all cost. Whatever it was, I didn't have enough money to go eat. So I wouldn't eat for days or weeks at a time. You'd look at me and go, John, you were eating. Uh, there were days in the midst of my gambling addiction I wasn't. I wasn't putting gas in the car. I was looking for... You know, money on the side of the street, I would, you know, hate to say I was stealing sometimes. I was doing things I shouldn't be doing because of this depression that had stemmed from my addiction. And again, let me preface my addiction with this. My addiction was not that I was this bad gambler who lost all this money because he didn't know how to play cards right. My addiction was that I never turned the off button on. I never flipped the switch. I was always in the mood to gamble. I was always looking for that next fix. I was always looking for the next game, whether it was a poker game at a buddy's house or across state lines 
or the next football game to bet on TV. Whatever it was, I was looking to fulfill my life by gambling on something, and it caused a lot of stress and worry in my life. Lost a fiancé, lost my best friend, a couple best friends, <laughs> lost a couple apartments, lost the love of some family members. These are just the laundry list of things I lost because I was doing what I thought was right. When Ephesians 2.10 says we were designed to do good works through Christ Jesus, I wasn't doing any good works. I was doing nothing but selfishness. And this is what sin nature looks like. You hear the word sin a lot. If you're not a Christian, you sort of just, maybe you have a bad reputation of that word. And the word sin, all it means is to miss the mark. It just means to, you're, you're doing something God doesn't want you to do. doesn't mean you're a terrible person. doesn't mean you should go to jail. doesn't mean that, you know, hell should fall on your head and the wrath of God should smite you. <laughs> it just means you're doing something you shouldn't be. And you should realize that you're doing something you shouldn't be. And you should seek repentance and forgiveness of this. That's all it means. You know, you should realize that God wants you to do something different. You're not doing it, whether you're doing it intentionally or not. And you say, God, please forgive me. I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. I know you have better for my life. And I wasn't inviting God into my life because when I was 12 years old, I lost my father to a heart attack. And I blamed God for his death. I was really upset that I had prayed the night before. And I said, God, you know, can I have the next day off school because I didn't have this project. I had this project due and I didn't have it finished. And I had been going to church with my grandma. Grandma, I found that you could pray for stuff. Now, I didn't accept Jesus Christ in my heart, but I thought that, you know, God was listening to me. And at 12 years old, I prayed for a day off school. And the next day, my dad was dead, and I had a week and so some change off. So I thought God answered my prayer. You ever heard that God answers prayers in mysterious ways? He'll answer your prayers in ways that you couldn't ask or think? Man, I remember hearing those things growing up because the devil was in my head, you know, using God's words to destroy my faith in him. God didn't kill my dad. The devil killed my dad because that's what the Bible says. John 10, 10, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Nowhere in the Bible does it say God wants to kill you. It says that about the devil. Now we all die and we all die in various ways. And there are stories where God allows things to happen that end in that result. But for us, God eventually sent his son to die for us on the cross. So the ultimate death, the payment for our sins, was made through the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. And in the midst of my depression, after seeing, I mean, just countless psychologists and sociologists and the all theologists i saw the psychiatrists and the psychologists the sociologists the the counselors the ga meetings i'd been to everything mostly because my family or my friends wanted me to do those things you're desperate for money you'll do anything <laughs> sometimes and for me the desperation was to pretend like i wanted to get help but i never wanted to get help I wanted to be out of whatever trouble I was in because I had this tendency. And I think that you see this a lot in most addicts, whether it's gambling, drugs, alcohol, name your addiction. You have a tendency to indulge, stop when something bad happens, take a period off, and then repeat process. Indulge, stop when something bad happens, take some time off, repeat process. And this is what it was like for me. I would, I would gamble till all the money was gone. I'd borrow some money or steal some money or whatever I could do to keep going. Once that happened, once I had to you know, pay up, whether it was the debts that I owed or maybe I would rent money or whatever it was, pay back the or tell my parents, my mom, tell someone in my life that I'd messed up and see if they would help me. And then if they were able to, they'd be like, you know, I'm going to help you with this money today, but I need you to go to a GA meeting. I need you to sign yourself off the boat. I'm just listing the number of things that I want access to your bank account so I can see how you're spending your money. There, there were eyes on my bank account for years. Still didn't stop my addiction because the addiction isn't stopped because people are watching you. Or the addiction stems from your desire to want to do your own thing. This is what sin nature looks like. You're just missing the mark. I could still be nice to you and be a, an addict. I can still, you know, do some good things as an addict, but 
the things that I was designed to do, the good things that I was designed to do through Christ, as Ephesians 2.10 says, I wasn't doing any of those things. And I was paying the price. I was living a life that was suicidal and depressed, and I was frustrated and angry at my situation. The, the hope in my heart that you have as a child, and you're like, oh, I'm going to do all these great things. I'm going to be a rock star. I'm going to be married to you know, the hottest woman in the world, which I am but it took a long time to find her or I'm going to have a million dollars in the bank by the time I'm 25 where I'm going to be so famous that people are going to scream my name from the rooftops. I'm going to own the biggest mansion. We have these dreams, but the dreams that God had for me, I wasn't searching for because I didn't know who God was. And it wasn't until I got really desperate in the midst of my addiction that I finally reached out to him because you know, throughout my addiction, throughout my depression, and you might say, well, John, I'm not an addict, and I don't need God. Hey, I've met plenty like you. I was friends with a bunch of you. Still am. I had a friend who told me, you know, God doesn't listen to me. God doesn't listen to you. He has no involvement in our life. He's a spaghetti monster, I heard another friend say. He's a, a, a floating spaghetti monster in the sky. He's mystical. He's made up. You know, I've heard all my friends Tell me that Jesus is not real, that God's not real. In fact, when I got born again, just a side note, I was talking about Jesus so much because I found out that he was real and that he was in my life and he wanted to change my future. I was talking about Jesus so much that my friends, we used to do this Friendsgiving. You ever done this with yours? Where instead of having Thanksgiving with your family, you have it with your friends, the people you want to spend time with, right? And so we go to Friendsgiving with some of my buddies, and they have a sign on the door to the house that we're going into. No talk about Jesus tonight. No talk about Jesus tonight. Now, this sign is obviously pointed at me. I'm the only one who talks about Jesus. And they were tired of hearing my story of, you know, understanding that hope and a future was finally in my life and that I wanted to change my circumstances and that I didn't want to be an addict anymore. I wanted to get away from this depression. I always had this feeling throughout the course of my addiction, whether I was 18, 22, 25, 27, that I wasn't living up to the big dreams that I had as a child. Are you there today? Are you thinking, man, this isn't really the life that I thought I was going to have. This isn't the future that I really thought was going to work out the way I planned it. And that happens sometimes because we don't involve God into our lives. Now, for me, I had no idea... It even existed, and so that's why we're spending time tonight, and it's the foundation of this ministry to help you understand that God does have a plan for your life. That night when I finally got desperate and cried out to God to forgive me of my sins and give me a future and a hope for my life, it was September 8th, 2012, and in the years since, God has poured love and peace and joy into my life, things that I never even knew existed. I mean, I was so desperate to find relief from my worry and stress and depression that Most nights I would go to sleep and hope that I wouldn't wake up. Have you ever had a night like that where you just wish you wouldn't wake up? That is probably because you're not living the life that God designed you to do. You know, the life that he's designed you for, whether or not you're using your gifts or not, is to have faith in Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And the Bible says when you put your faith and trust in God, he's going to overflow your life with joy, peace, and hope. And I don't know about you, but I could sure use some more of that in my life. How do you find joy, peace, and hope? Through faith in God. What does it look like to have faith? When we come back, we'll discuss my first steps of faith and how I came closer to God in order to find those things for myself, get away from the life that I had chosen, the life that I desired to have as a young teenage man and a young adult, and how I found a destiny from Christ that I never saw coming. Don't go away. You're listening to the New John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. One of my favorite testimonies of fitness and faith is the story of Heather McAdams. Heather found Jesus in 2013 along with the determination to change her health, both physically and spiritually. Years later, she's lost many pounds, but also shed the weight of stress and sin in her life to become a new woman in Christ. Today, she wants to help you meet your fitness and spiritual goals through her ministry, Faithfully Fit and Wellness. Heather hosts classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays that can help build your strength, but also your spirit through exercise, prayer, and fellowship. Call Heather today and tell her you heard her story on the new John Simmons show, and she will meet with you for a free 30-minute wellness session where she will sit down and talk about your faith and fitness walk and 
help you write goals for your spiritual and fitness future. This is your chance to write the testimony of faith and fitness in your own life. Please visit Heather's website at faithfully.fit for more of her story. Find her on social media at Faithfully Fit Wellness, or please call her today, 314-239-4149. That's Faithfully Fit. Get where you want to be physically, mentally, and spiritually. Are you interested in learning more about finding God's sentence for your life? At NewJohnSimmons.com, there are articles and videos describing how you can begin to write God's sentence for your life by finding passion, vision, and faith. In addition, NewJohnSimmons.com has a variety of ways for you to be encouraged to continue writing God's sentence. As always, you can hear the show live weekdays at 9 p.m. Central Time by clicking the Listen Live button when you visit NewJohnSimmons.com. Want to see behind-the-scenes photos and get the latest news from the show? All you have to do is follow at New John Simmons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get back to the New John Simmons Show. No superstition. Welcome back. It's the New John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. We're here each and every night at 9 p.m. to help encourage you find God's sentence for your life. This is the idea that God has a unique plan for you. Ephesians 2.10 said you were created and designed to do good things through Christ Jesus. So you were designed by God, meaning you have a plan from him to do good things, meaning if we boil it down to the basic instruction in the Bible to love God and to love others, put them above yourself, and then finally to do good things through Christ. So you need to have Christ in your life. You need to be focused on doing good things by loving God and loving others, and then you need to understand that you're gifted and talented to do to do something, something very specific. So whatever that is in your life, it's going to bring hope, peace, and joy if you use the faith God has given you to trust him because you have to trust God. If you're going to take a step into the path that he has for your life instead of the path that you've created for yourself, it's going to take faith. What is faith? Faith is the hope-filled expectation that what has not yet come will come. Talking about the future. Talking about the idea that I'm going to believe something is going to happen tomorrow, today. I'm going to believe today that it's going to happen tomorrow, or it's going to happen next week, or it's going to happen next month, or it's going to happen 10 years from now. And you're going to continue to do the things that you need to in the physical and have the mindset that it's still on its way whether it makes sense in the natural or not, whether you can see that promotion actually come or whether you even know that the promotion exists, you're going to work hard at work. You're going to look for opportunities to gain advancement. You're going to try and find a a better way to do what you've been doing for years. And eventually you're going to reach this point where the promotion is going to come. We just found this in my wife's life. She's been believing for a job in administration and nursing for years. We've been pressing into God and believing that God would open up doors for her. And just this past week, God answered a prayer that we've had for a very long time because of our faith in Christ. We've put our trust in him to do things his way. This is not necessarily the job my wife would have chosen for herself, especially the jobs that she had to take to get to this other job. But faith is about hope-filled expectations for the future. You want to find God's sentence for your life, God's unique plan for your life? You're going to need to find faith because it's easy. It's so easy to do what you want to do in life. We wake up every morning with the opportunity to just, you know, shower when we want, watch what we want, talk to who we want, do what we want, spend money how we want. That's our design, you know, our sin nature that we're born with. Our our foundational design is to do whatever we want. But God's design for our life is for us to do good things through Christ. So we're born with this sin nature. We can't help it. You can't avoid it. You can't be the one who doesn't have it. Only Christ. So we're born with the tendency to be selfish, to be sinful. Doesn't mean you're a terrible person. Doesn't mean you know, you're going to go on a murdering spree. Doesn't mean you should be thrown in prison. Just means that you have a life that needs forgiveness, that needs repentance, that needs the blood of Christ in order to find salvation. Salvation is found through Christ alone, the Bible says. So we have to put Christ into our life to find God's you know, unique plan and purpose for our life. And once we find it, it's going to take faith to step it out, faith in the unknown future. For me, it was so easy to try and be a problem gambler. I wasn't trying to be a problem gambler. I was trying to be the poker player who won the World Series of Poker. 
I wanted to be known for being a millionaire for turning my $40 into a couple million. I wanted people to be jealous and envious of my wealth and how I attained it. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to scrub dishes. I don't want to clean floors. I don't want to work in a factory. I want to sit at a poker table, drinking a beer, bluffing my way to millions. That's the life that I wanted. That didn't take any faith, though. That just took me waking up in the morning and driving my butt to the casino and finding some money to do it with. No, faith is what happened in my life after Christ came into it. Because after I lived a life of depression and suicidal thoughts, I cried out to God. I said, God, if you're real, I need you to show me a future and a hope for my life today. What happened next changed my life forever. It turned me into a person who knew God was real and allowed me to chase God's plan for my life. Hope and a future started to pour into my heart the desire to do something that wasn't just for me, but to do something for others. This selfishness that I'd had for so many years started to crumble away. My desire that I was always right started to crumble away. As I began to read God's word and started reading the Bible for the first time, the word started jumping off the page and into my heart. And as I read the Bible, I decided I wanted to talk to this God that had just revealed himself to me. So I started having quality time through prayer with Christ, with God. God, you know, show me how to get closer to you. Teach me about your word. Please pour out wisdom into my life. These were some of my first prayers of faith. Lord, show me what faith is. I got really scared when the Bible says you need faith to please God. And even the apostles, Jesus was like, you lack faith. You have little faith. I was like, if the apostles who died for God, died for Christ, didn't have enough faith, what hope is there for the rest of us? I needed to learn what faith was. And so I started asking God one of my first questions. What is faith? And then he showed me that it's the hope-filled expectation of an unknown future, Hebrews 11.1. And then in my very first church service, God showed me through a pastor that if you're a Christian, God has a plan for your life. That was the first time I'd ever heard that. As an adult with an addiction, most people called me a loser, whether it was to my face or behind my back. I knew the reputation that I had. And for me, I didn't want that reputation anymore. I wanted to find what God created me for. And so I went on a month-long journey of prayer and hope-filled expectation that God would show me his plan for my life. Eventually, he revealed that I would start a ministry called Testimony House and that I would share my story and help others find God's sentence for their life. This was a term that I had never heard before. Testimony House was a name that I had never heard before. But God revealed to me these things through revelation knowledge, through prayer, through Bible reading, that the understanding of what these things would become. And now, five, six years later, I'm walking out these things. I had to step out in faith a lot of times because you want me to start a ministry? God, I don't even know what a ministry is. You want me to start telling people my story? I didn't even know I had a story to tell. You want me to help other people tell their stories? How on earth can I do that? I'm afraid to talk in public. <laughs> you want me to get on the radio and start talking about Jesus? Oh, because everybody's so excited to talk about Jesus all night. It doesn't give anybody icky feelings when you bring the word Jesus up. <laughs> uh, the opposite. One of my last days working at the casino, because I worked at the casino, and in, in, in addition to having an addiction, I was a professional poker dealer for uh, you know, almost a decade, I got the job at 21. Right after I started gambling at the casino, I decided to work there too, so I would never have to leave. <laughs> and so when I finally quit my job to step out a job in faith to do Testimony House, I went from a paycheck job to a job without a paycheck, trusting in God that he would fulfill and be the source of my needs. And he was, by the way. Never missed a bill payment, never missed uh, a meal. God provided in so many supernatural ways, including a check on our 100th day of ministry that covered the funds needed to run the ministry for years to come. When God showed up in my life and he showed me that I was going to start this ministry, it took a leap of faith. It was easy to do what I wanted to do. When I wanted to be a poker a dealer, a poker player, I could go do those things. When I want to be a minister of the gospel, when I want to use the God-given gifts and talents that he's given me to share the gospel over the airwaves, these are things that I'm not excited about at first. These are things that I'm not looking forward to. They're things I don't know how to do. They're, you know, how do you run a ministry? I had no idea. I had to grow in all sorts of ways, just learning how a ministry operates and how I can be effective at being a steward of something like that. Imagine 
I have a problem with money, guys. I just told you that people used to have to keep the eyes on my bank account. Now God says you're a new person in Christ. I'm going to put you in charge of everything. You're going to be partly in charge of the money. And you're going to have to not spend it at the casino. You're going to have to not spend it on yourself. You're going to spend it to serve my kingdom and help other people. And we've been doing it ever since. Not a misplaced penny. Every dollar we've spent has been to help share the gospel with others and to keep this radio show on the air, which is encouraging, hopefully, (laughs) more than just myself. And so for all of you out there who are looking to find God's plan for your life, understand this. It's going to take faith. And it's also going to take you understanding that God's plan and his tools that he's given you, the, the design that he's given you, the creation, the masterpiece that you are to him, it might have you do some things that you're not exactly sure about might give you an idea that you're not exactly sure how to fulfill. might give you a plan. You're not sure if it's going to work. That's okay because God's perfect plan for your life involves you trusting in God. And so if you knew how to do all of it, you wouldn't need God. He wouldn't be part of the equation. I didn't need God to gamble. I had no need for him there. I needed him inside his plan for ministry for my life. You're going to need him, whatever plan he's created for you. But in order to find that plan, you need to cry out to God. You need to ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. You need to ask for repentance, ask for forgiveness of your sins, and then start asking God, just like I did, God, what is your vision for my life? What have you created me to do? Ephesians 1 also says, Paul says, he prays for spiritual wisdom and insight for those people who are looking to find the power of the Holy Spirit in them and to find out what God's created them to do. I would encourage you today, start praying. God, show me the plan you have for my life. It can transform your life forever. Thanks for listening tonight over on Facebook and on your radio. Thank you, Curtis, behind the boards. Thank all of you who visited NewJohnSimmons.com recently. And don't forget to share this video or this podcast or our show with a friend or family member who would seek some encouragement or maybe just to help us share this news of the gospel. Thanks for tuning in tonight, everybody. Until next time, we pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today. Thanks for listening to the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. To replay this episode or listen to past episodes, look for the new John Simmons Show podcast on your mobile device. Stay connected to the show. Read the latest news, blog posts, and see behind-the-scenes photos by following at New John Simmons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you would like to learn more about how you can begin to write God's sentence for your life, or join a growing community of people who are finding passion, vision, and faith for their lives, please visit NewJohnSimmons.com. Until next time, we pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today.